And that's right. Welcome back to another episode of the Editor's Podcast. I'm Chris Dickens alongside... Michael Chen. How you doing, everybody? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, we have some uh, on-site reporting going on here today, I guess. Hell yeah. Tell me about what's going on, Chris. Well, today I was at, well, uh, let's see. I was at the Camelback Ranch on Sunday for the White Sox versus the A's, doing a little bit of scouting and reporting. And uh, it wasn't a good day for the White Sox necessarily as a team, but individually uh, I saw some good things out of certain players. Um, All right, well, I know a couple players that I saw some good things on. Let's start off with uh, the starting pitcher. What did you see out of Giolito today? Giolito struggled early. Uh, Just had some issues early for the first two innings, gave up three runs, and then the third and fourth inning locked it down. And didn't it gave up a, one hit and no runs in, in between the third and the fourth. Very solid out of him. I'll take it. Uh, struggling early is a little bit of concern, but spring training, you know, it's it's it is what it is with that. Uh, but I liked what I saw once he actually got into his groove and into his motions and and his wind up and and his whole mechanics were coming together. He looked fan. Fantastic with that. Uh, like I said, the only issue I had is the struggle, the early struggles. Yeah, uh, I actually got a chance to cut his post game as well today, and pretty much what he he's working on some things like everybody else is right now in spring training. So I think that results, like if you look at results based, you know, nobody's going to do well in spring training. Well, some people will do well in spring training, but those numbers don't always translate over. But uh, so another guy that you saw today, he uh, he hit a long fly. He is the former number one overall prospect for two years in a row. What did you see out of Moncada this afternoon? I saw excellent presence at the plate. Excellent presence at the plate, and it was fantastic. Uh, this is what we kind of wanted to see. Took a walk, was actually waiting for his pitches, Hit a hit a bomb straight to center. It was it was a fantastic outing. Uh, he pop, he popped out once, and I mean that's okay. That's going to happen. But you know, taking a walk and hitting a home run that's I'm not going to complain about that coming out of Mankata, especially the struggles he's had the last two years. Like you said, it's uh, it, it's a little. Uh, it's spring training. It's people aren't going to sit there and be you know going crazy about it. But from what I saw, I mean, it's a it was a solid performance out of him. Two at bats, two runs, one hit, uh, one RBI, and one walk. That's that's fine. What I want to know, what I want to know, Chris, though, is how do you do defensively? Because that, to me, like watching him a good portion of last year, that's where I thought that he needed to make bigger strides. Now, obviously, offensively, he wasn't quite there yet, and he's working on those things, which seems like he may have corrected a few of those. But defensively. Did you see any improvement out of him? I thought he loped a lot last year. I mean, what did you see that way? I uh, still had has some work to do defensively. Uh, that whole side of the infield, Tim Anderson included, has a lot of work to do uh, defensively. Uh, botched ground balls. Not. It, it was. It was a little bit of a painful thing to watch uh, on the defensive side. Uh, but I. But there was there was some improvement. It wasn't. Terrible. It's a, it, it was a small improvement over over last over the last year, a couple of years that we've seen. Like I said spring training, but it's still there. There, there are things and, and some kinks that he does definitely have to work out, uh, especially his reads of ground balls. That's where a lot of issues that I I, I saw from him today. 
Well, now with the position switch over to third base, you have to realize that a lot of that's reactionary now. He doesn't have much time to think. He's just kind of going after balls. And when you think too much is when you make mistakes. And I think that the transition, he's still thinking too much. He's thinking, oh, well, what do I do here? What do I do there? As soon as he gets comfortable, I think he actually will be a better fielder over there at the hot corner. I I completely agree with you, you on that. Yeah, you just you just can't you, you can't take like obviously small sample size one game or the whole left side of the infield is having issues. But at the end of the day, he's making a change. I mean, he's been a second baseman for a very long time and now he's making the change over. Different angles coming off the bat, different positioning. So it's a work in progress. I do need to see improved results, though, at some point in time. He's going to have to start making it for me because you can't tell me that the White Sox didn't say, hey, in the offseason, hey, Yohan, most likely you're going to be lining up at third base this year for us. You know, oh. you know that he must have been working on it. Oh, no, completely. He, he's been working on it. And you can tell, like I said, there there has been, there, there's a slight improvement, especially I think he's going to be a little more comfortable at third base, I feel. I feel like the fact that he doesn't have to think about things as much is going to be a lot better for him. The fact that he can just react to it, I think he has that natural ability too. And I think that's where it kind of hurt him at second base is he, there, there was more, more thinking of where he had to go, what he had to do, how to react to balls, rather than just yeah. reacting to something coming at him. Oh, 100%. There's too much time at second base. It's probably the easiest position to play on the infield. And then there's too much time. A lot of footwork involved. Whereas, you know, you get over to third base and it's, oh, oh, ball's hit to me. Go get it. Go get it. I don't care how you get it. Go get it. Do whatever you need to do. And, again, he's, it's going to take him some time. Now, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't actually paying too much attention aside from getting a chance to see some stuff online. Did uh, the big boy Eloy play today? Eloy did not play today. Um, okay. Eloy did not play today, but Cease did come in uh, in the later innings. Oh, all right. Well, how did he look? Uh, a little skittish. Uh, looked a little skittish. Gave a gave up a big bomb in his second uh, second face in his second batter. Uh, definitely has some things to work out. I mean, it's a it's a kid who they expect fully to be up this year. Ricky has stated it multiple times that they expect him, or that that they that he's on the fast track. Multiple uh, insiders in the clubhouses have stated that he will be up probably before September call-ups, and, and uh, they 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 expect to expand his workload this year. So, uh, I, just the fact that he's getting the the work and you know coming in even late in games against guys who you're not going to see on major league lineups, I will still take that as just reps and letting him find his groove. Uh, but still shaky. It was very shaky for facing a bunch of uh, career minor leaguers. Yeah, that's that's. I'm I'm not 100 percent concerned about that because I think what they're doing right now is, as you and I have talked about this previously, is that he's going to be in an innings cap. He's really never gone over about 120 innings in his minor league career in a full season, so we can't see really him jump making a huge jump. Anywhere between 140 and 160. Both of us said about 150 would be a good, adequate number. And with Renteria saying that he is going to make it up to the big leagues this year, the potential for him, playing, I don't think it's very high. I think the plan most likely so that they can get the most out of him is for him to come out of the bullpen, similar to what they did with Chris Sale. So this is good, valuable experience for him 
right now. I mean, you can't expect Cease to come up right now and throw 180 innings. They're, especially with what happened to Kopech last year, they're going to handle him with kid gloves. Oh, of so course. For them to, yes, for them to even think, oh, 100, for, for any fan to think 180 innings is a viable number for him, look, slow your brakes, slow your brakes, calm yourself down. You get a hit about 140, 150, 160, somewhere in that range, and you will most likely see him coming out of the pen at some point in time for the White Sox this year. And I think when he initially comes up, he's going to be coming out of the pen at least for a few weeks. And I think towards the latter the latter part of the season, that's when they will start letting him get some starts in uh, in, uh, in the big leagues. Uh, but I think for innings wise, he's probably going to end up. I, I was mistaken. He didn't have. He didn't give up a home run, but he had two strikeouts. And uh, had two walks. So, uh, but he, but he, um, it was, it, 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 it he's going to be a guy that comes out of the bullpen and he's going to work and he's going to work his way to the starting in the latter half. He's a solid pitcher, and I, I agree with you. He's going to do, get the Chris Sale treatment, especially after co- bringing Kopech up and imme- almost immediately injuring himself. Um, yeah, he threw a hundred mile an hour fastball today. So yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, he's, he's he's somebody that's going to be on the fast track. I I think that you know he's not going to be one of the ones that they hold down too long. I mean he's not going to be a uh, Eli Jimenez by any means of you know after a few weeks he's going to be up. But I think by you know middle of summer that's when you're going to they're they're going to call him up and be like look you're coming out of the pen. Yeah, yeah. I I like I said right? I think that that's 100% viable. So you'll get a little pace to. This year, I think you'll get a bigger taste of Eloy in the future as well. Um, I'm interested in what they do with uh, Lubob. I, I think that they – I don't, I'm not sure if Lubob will get a cup of coffee at the end of this year. I think that uh, Luis Robert will – I don't know if they'll really push him hard. I don't know. Just because I've, they've got plenty of outfielders right now and there's no real reason to push him through. Uh, like unlike Eloy, I think Eloy's just ready. Although Eloy's spring stats are again aren't very impressive, but I don't. I, I'm taking all of this. You always take spring stats with the grain of salt. Well, you know, Mike Trout might hit. Mike Trout might hit 100. You know, 150. Yeah, right yeah. now 150. He'll hit 300 during the season. So the, don't the worry. Issue, the I'm issue with spring training, the issue with spring training numbers is these guys aren't getting full games. That that's why that's they, so they're not getting into their groove in games, and it's hard to get some momentum building your way in a game when you only have two at bats. And so right. it, it's very tough. Uh, one other player I want to touch on really quick for the White Sox it sure. was Tim Anderson. Um, fielding was very suspect today. Very, very suspect for him on the fielding. Uh, I get it. You know, we we've talked about it before that this kid has shown flashes of greatness out on that is in there, but his consistency is a lot of problems. Yeah, hundred percent. And it, it showed today. It showed today. He had a very bobbled, easy ground ball throughout the first that he that that he just bobbled and and let a runner on. Um, and it was just one of those things where it's like, dude, come on, you got that's that's routine play. You got to get it, pick it up, get it out. Like that, that's it. Um, but at the plate, the man had showed patience. Got got a walk today. Some very tricky hanging sliders that he just waited on, and he waited for his pitches. No hits, but still, I, I, I with the two at bats, getting one one walk out of him, I'll take it. 
you know, he had a blooper out. Uh, he had a blooper out to uh, center field, right center. That, the, that was that's fine. That's fine. I don't. That, that's okay. You make con- get contact, get back into the groove of things. But fielding, I think, is Tim Anderson's biggest concern, and I think that's also why he was uh, very nervous, so to speak, of the Machado rumors, is because he he would have been kicked. And I think as the fact that you, if you, if you, if somebody coming here and taking your job is a worry, that's something you need to work on then. And the fact that you have to show them that you are the you are their your shortstop, not be like, well, guy didn't come here, I got my job still. Don't care about that. Right. Show me you're my short, shortstop. Don't just tell me. And and from uh, what I saw today, I didn't see a major league shortstop. I think you're spot on with that assessment. I I think that he really that there's a reason why there was discussions about potentially moving him to the outfield last year. I mean, come on. You don't really do that very often. You don't move shorts. How often do you see shortstops going to the outfield? I mean, not very often. Yeah, I, I, Gordon, a little bit more of an exception because that guy can flat out fly. Yeah, I feel like but he's moved. He's moved back to the infield now. So it, yeah, it, that, that's an issue, hundred percent. I feel like his bat is going to be a ton better this year than it was in years past. I think he is going to be a very good bat for them to have, and. It's my. I mean, he's a career 286 hitter, so I mean, that's still or or 258 hitter. Sorry, 258 hitter. I think that'll even go up this this year. He was 240 last year, and so I think we'll see a bounce up, probably more towards his average, maybe 260, 265. And I'll take that out of my shortstop. That's fantastic. That's fine. Uh, it's the fielding. It's the defense that I need to see him improve on, and I think he needs to definitely focus on that. That's his major focus. You're Play, his presence in the box is is was great this year, and he was or great so far. And he's been waiting for his pitches and looking and and working the count to his advantage. I need better defense. That's plain and simple out of him. Uh yeah. And then quick transition over to the north side. Someone we need to see better defense and better offense out of from last year was Wilson Contreras. He had huge issues last year with pitch framing, and. Now, I haven't, I haven't quite seen enough of how he's been framing this spring, but I'll tell you one thing that's working for Contreras right now, and it's his bat. The guy is straight crushing right now. He is doing everything that he was. we all thought he would do after his rookie year is hit the ball, be a force with the bat. Last year, he struggled with the bat. I think this year, and you saw my tweet on Twitter, yeah. I think this year he's in store for a huge comeback offensively. I'm talking about top five catcher in all of baseball offensively. Yeah, one what two for one today with a with a double. Yeah, or one for two, one for two with a double and, and got an RBI yeah. out of it. I mean that that's that, yeah. that, that, two at bats. I'll I'll take it. I, yeah, it's these spring training stats haven't been fantastic so far. He's batting two thirty five. No, but, but it's all about how how hard he's hitting the ball. Yeah, he's killing the ball right he, now. He's making contact and, he, and and he's putting it in the right spot. Right, and and that's 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 what you want to see out of this guy. This is somebody that they have touted out there and stated that this is their catcher of the future. Well, your catcher of the future, you need to see some power and you need to see the ability to crush the ball and pull it to the, to the opposite side of the field. I mean, that's what well, that's all you ever hear Joe Man talk about is pulling the ball to the opposite side of the field. And, yeah. and and so it, that's it, that's what you really need out of your catcher as well, not just guy who can crush home runs, but who can get that base hit or that double when it's needed. Be have that yeah, uh, 
have that that uh, situational hitting in mind, and I think that's what the Cubs really need. I think that's what was lacking last year as well. Even though, yeah, we I mean we talked about it. These 95 wins, and they did great, but a lot of those were very close wins and and close losses. They they in 16 there were a lot of blowout wins for the Cubs. A lot of blowout right. wins for the Cubs, and that and you haven't seen that. And I think that's what they need is more of a situational hitter for them out of out of Contreras and it, from what I've seen so far as well I feel like that's the trend he's going towards yeah it's a, Joe Madden talked about it uh and uh the new hitting coach uh he he mentioned it as well uh, they're trying to go middle middle in RBX situations that means just stay up the middle go right back up the box I think that's the right thing to do I think that last year guys were trying to hit home runs too often getting in bad counts striking out not putting the ball in play I'm not sure if that was a Chili Davis philosophy. I'm not even going to try and say that word again. Philosophical. Philosophy? Uh, a Philly, a Philly, a Philly, a Philly well, Chili Davis philosophy? Close, but, yeah, 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 whatever. Anyway, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if that was a Chili thing or what, but it needed to change. And obviously, with the new hitting coach, it has changed. So I'm interested to see what, what else is going to go on, how, how else the Cubs offense fares, because I mean, when you look at their lineup, the Cubs up and down. They, they've got they've got offensive weapons all over the place. They should score runs. They shouldn't have to deal with close games. They shouldn't be shut down all the time. Now, elite pitching will shut down elite offenses. I've I've always held that stance for a very long time. But the Cubs offense, if Clayton, uh, Max Scherzer. They should hit everybody. They really should. There shouldn't be any reason why the Cubs shouldn't be putting up five runs a game. If they're getting shut out, they better be getting shut out by someone who's at the top of the rotation and a, like a Cy Young candidate for the year. I mean, really, throw Jacob DeGrom in there as well. There's only a handful of guys that really should be shutting down the Cubs up. No, I completely agree with you. I mean, this is something that they've toted out there that, you know, this is supposed to be they, – they were supposed to be a dynasty from from 16 on and supposed to have this powerhouse offense, and you really haven't seen it out of them since 16. And I, I feel like that they they are trending back towards that this year. And they're, they, I agree with you completely that this offense should not be shut down by most pitchers. And, and that was an issue last year. Your average, you know, three or four starters were – making these guys look foolish. Yeah, they were looking like one. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. There's a reason why they're three, four, and five starters. Can't have any of that. I mean, they can't give away games when they get outscored two to one, three to two. Their offense is way better than that. That's just unacceptable. And that's, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of the projections have given the Cubs such bad looks. You know, Major League Baseball came out with theirs. They have the Cubs last in the division. I mean, I just I can't see that happening. I just 95 wins, and for you to get a healthy Chris Bryant back, supposedly a I'm in the best shape of my career, you Darvish. No, not even um, best shape of my career. I'm throwing the best stuff of my life. I'm throwing uh, the best stuff of my life, you Darvish. Yes, Chris. 
spring superlatives. They happen every year. Everyone says they're in the best shape of their lives, but they're throwing no. as well as they've ever thrown. Are you really think someone's going to say, yeah, I'm throwing like shit right now? No, Chris. Nobody's going to say that. I mean, really. Nobody's going to. Not one athlete's going to tell you that they're they're not performing well before the season has even started. Of course, so I agree with you. This is, I need to see. I need to see this from Darvish. I need to see him halfway through the season with 15 starts, and then we'll take a look at the numbers, and then we can assess whether he's throwing the ball as well as he has ever has. It's, for me and him, it's health. He's healthy, but I think the numbers will be there if he's healthy. He stays healthy. And he'll get a three ERA. He'll get 15 wins. He'll strike out nine guys. You know, he'll get nine for nine. He'll be, you know, I think that it's right there for him. But the health is a concern. I love the fact that he's speaking English this year. I, I love it Making too. It I think it's endearing to the fans. I thought last year when you had that translator, it was just there was a disconnect. You, you know. It felt cold. It it's not even felt, there's a disconnect. Yeah. It felt cold. It, it just felt. It's just off. Yes. Uh, and, and, and it felt off, and it feels like he's trying to connect with the fans more. And, and it, it's, it's I, I mean, I think this is going to be, I mean, of course it's going to be a bounce back here because of what he had. So, I mean, it really anything you get out of you, Darvish, as long as it's not like a 7 ERA, you're you're solid. You're you're, you're solid, yeah. and, and your rotation is looking good. I mean, he's supposed to be your number two. That's what you paid him for. Be your number two. Right. And so, yeah. the, the, I I feel like I don't know necessarily if he's going to end up being number two. I feel like he's going to end up being three, and Hendricks is going to claim the two again. But still, it's, uh, where do you have Hamels? Where it, do you have Hamels? Hamels is going to be four. I, I mean, I'm if Cole Hamels my four. I am sitting pretty. Uh, and Quintana is your five? Yeah, you're sitting damn pretty. You're, yeah. you're sitting Thank damn pretty. You. You're sitting damn yeah. pretty. And then if, if uh, oh, yeah. and then if Chatwood can be anything of what they thought he would be, which he's actually looked anything. Ha- he's actually looked halfway decent this uh, pre or this spring training so far. If he can be anything, uh, and having him as a six starter to give Lester an extra day off, to give Hamels the extra day off, because those are the two you're going to get the extra days off. Maybe and throwing Darvish right. in there too, because they're they're your three oldest. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna definitely help out this ball club a lot, and that's what they've based almost. Other than you know, we, we like to talk about their offense, but I feel like they've built this team around their pitching. That's that's yeah. they I they mean, built this team around their pitching. Don't forget about Mike Montgomery as well. Now, what does concern me a little bit is their bullpen. Uh, I think that uh, obviously, um, you I, know, yeah, I, CJ but, Edwards needs needs to step up. I think it's it's about time that he's there. Uh, missing Brandon Morrow for however long that he's going to be out. Probably a month. Of, probably the first month of the season. So, yeah, you're you're not 100 percent sure though. You really don't know really how long they're anticipating a month. He'll trip on he'll trip on his six, pants again. Maybe who knows? It could be six weeks. It could be eight <laughs> weeks. Nobody really knows until he actually ramps up the throwing program. He might get sore. They might have to shut him down for a week or two. You just don't know. No, I I, I arm completely injuries, agree. Your arm injuries are are real funky. I completely, no. I completely agree with you. And, and so the last person I want to talk about on the Cubs really quick, and I want your opinion on him, is Chris Bryant. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, a monster march so far in spring training. A monster march. Right. Uh, yep. Fifteen at bats, six hits, four runs, two, three doubles, a home run, four RBIs, three walks, average of four hundred. 
this is this is what everyone was hoping to see. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I, I think he's back. Um, you think it's I, you think it's MVP level again? I think he's back. Yeah, hundred percent. The way that he talked about how he took it easy in the off season, obviously a little longer off season than any Cubs player would have liked. The fact that he took it easy in the off season, he fixed his swing. He realized that the one shoulder was getting stronger than the other due to the rehab. That his body mechanics, his biomechanics were a little off. He talked about tucking his back elbow in to get the bat going through the zone for a longer period of time. And that's what it's all about right now is getting that bat through the zone and keeping it in the zone, which gives you more opportunity to hit the ball. And then from there, you can create a launch angle. I know Chris Bryant's not a big launch angle guy, but if you're keeping your bat in the zone for a good amount of time, you're going to get hit. And I think that that's the plane that he's on right now. And I expect I expect a very big season from Chris Bryant. I think he's going to do everything that everyone expected him to do last year, and he's going to come back, and he's going to be the Chris Bryant that we saw for the first two years of his career with the Cubs. I really do. I just can't see him regressing even more than he did last year. I think that he's on the uptick. And I think it's going to be a, a very loud season for this run. No, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I think that he is going to have, have an excellent season. And, uh, and the fact that uh, what I liked, what I heard out of him is his off season this year uh, was he was like, I waited the long, as long as I could to pick up a bat. And he let that shoulder rest rather than go out there and be like, I'm going to work it. I'm going to work it. He let that shoulder rest. And then he, when he felt comfortable enough, he picked up a bat. So I was completely – in favor of that 100%. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, I expect big things. Uh, Pocoto, I believe, is wrong. They're not last in the division. I'm going to go more towards the fan graph side and put them, I'll put them at first in the division, or at least battling Milwaukee for first in that division. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I just I can't see them not contending. No. I think that I, it's a tough division. I mean, look, look at the moves. Look at the big-time players that – each team has brought in. I mean, St. Louis brought in Paul Goldschmidt. They're looking at Garcia Puig in Cincinnati. It's not like the division's going to – they're just going to walk over the division like they did when they won the World Series. Yeah. That's not going to happen. The division is definitely tougher. But you're also looking at the fact that the Cubs are a better team as well. So I think it, that encompasses it, a lot. And I think at the end of the day, you're going to see a, a much – better comes to just because of that. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, huge trade in the NFL. We'll see how it shakes things up. Oh. All right, we're back. Uh, as I teased before the break there, we there's a huge trade in the NFL. A whining baby got what he wanted. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about Antonio Brown, who bitched and moaned his way to not only a trade, but a raise. Yeah, that was, uh, that and was quite uh, the thing. It was quite uh, a thing. The Steelers finally traded Antonio Brown uh, to the Oakland Raiders for a third and fifth round. And Antonio Brown, when I said a raise, it wasn't even a year year's extension. He just got extra money. That's yeah, it. He, yeah. he, he, yeah, he bumped up to $50 million contract with a $54 million incentive. It could be up to 54 with incentives and guaranteed $30 million. 30, yeah, yeah. 
It's uh, that something. Is yeah, I mean, I guess if you, ridiculous. Yeah, if you wine, bitch, and moan, that uh, I guess you can get whatever you want nowadays. Yeah, I, I, I talked about this um, in my other podcast on, for Two Cents Pods on the uh, Sloppy Takes 2.0 with Joey. And it, not not Antonio Brown, but this demeanor in sports that's happening. And I was more so saying about Jimmy Butler, about I like I blame the Bulls a lot for the way Jimmy Butler is, is because he bitched and moaned and got a trade. Yeah. And I'm not they enabled. They enabled, and so therefore now he feels like he can do whatever. And this just shows, uh, and, and, and it kind of says. And I know everyone has bitched. It's happened for a long time, and people have demanded trades and so on and so forth. I, I don't care. Like, if you cry long enough, you're going to get what you want, and it shouldn't be that way. Like, it, it just, I mean, especially Antonio Brown's case, you shouldn't get a, I mean, you should, his performance, yes, he deserves a raise for his performance, but you're under contract. I mean, dude, what, you, you really think Derek Carr is going to be better than Ben Roethlisberger? No. And, and obviously, Bell leaving is. What are the Steelers going to be? be? I, 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 the Steelers, I, they'll be fine. Uh, they'll be fine. Mike see? Tomlin, the, the Steelers are a good organization. I mean, there's a reason why they win all the time. They're a good organization. I don't think that you know they'll be that bad. I mean, look, they've got Juju Smith-Schuster going back there as well. Uh, James Conner emerged for them while. Bell it's it's still still losing weapons. I mean, that's it's plain and simple. Yeah. You're losing weapons. Right. It, it right. Might, now, going back to Judy Smith-Schuster, a little on topic but off topic. Uh, favorite tweet of the day was from him. Uh, tweeted a picture of him like doing a toe tap touchdown, and uh, it said all, all, all the caption said was "I'm ready." Dot dot dot. And in yeah. the background was Antonio Brown just standing there. Right. Definitely throwing uh, definitely throwing some shade. <laughs> I mean, Juju, Juju had a better season than Brown did last year. I mean, that's it's, it's plain and simple. I think that Brown might have seen that his days as being the number one in Pittsburgh were numbered, so he went into baby mode and got what he wanted. Now, I don't know why anyone would want to go to the dumpster fire that is the Oakland Raiders, but he's there. But there's implications that for this trade that I think that uh, are correlate directly with the Bears. And uh reason being is I think it's um, it's a market thing because now you see what the market's paying for that type of player. You know, yeah. Third and fifth round, like you mentioned, and obviously the Bears could potentially be looking to move Jordan Howard. Now, I think this tells you where Jordan Howard is going to be viewed. I mean, yes, you know, contract negotiations and all this with Antonio Brown – would change the return for the player, but I, I just I, now I just can't see a team giving the Bears anything higher than a fourth round pick for Jordan Howard. I think a fourth no, round that's a win. Generous. That's a win. I think that's being generous. That, I think that, a fifth round is way more realistic than a fourth. A fourth round a fourth round pick for him is a win. Um, anybody who thinks that they're going to get a anything higher than a fourth is uh, a little bit delusional. Um, yeah. because you, Jordan Howard one showed his weaknesses in this in Matt Nagy's offense, right? And that which hurt, is the modern offense, which is the modern offense, and that and that right. hurt that hurt his value. That hurt his value immensely. Um, and so it's it's going to be tough for them to get anything higher than a fourth. I think it's going to be probably a fifth round pick if they move him. Um, I mean he's only got two million dollars on the cap. It's always nice to have a power back. And I think they're also right. going to draft a running back. 
Uh, I, I mean, I, I would love for them to go after Le'Veon Bell, and there are possibilities of them doing that um, because I feel like you know, you could you can ask Mac to restructure. You can uh, you can make it work, but it, I think that hurts the defense because of their limited cap space because yep. they only you, have yeah, fourteen. You have, pay, you have to yep, you have to pay one side of the ball or the other exactly. And and, and so it, the defense is what carried them. So I think you have to go after a younger back anyway, and which would be make more sense. The, the it's such a balancing act with the Bears right now, and that they're in a crossroads decision on what they're going to do and. Either one could be right or wrong, depending on what, deci- what what they decide to do. If they decide to draft a back and stick with paying defense, or they decide to pay the defense and draft a nickel or nickel corner, uh, you know, you know, like uh, or they're going to have to draft a quarterback because I don't know, I don't think they're going to pay Amos. I don't no, think they're going to pay Amos. I can't, I can't see them doing that either. I think that uh, what Matt Nagy has shown, I'm sorry, Matt Nagy, what Ryan Pace has shown is that he finds those good value picks in the later rounds. I mean, there's a litany of players we can list off. Of course. Starting with starting with Eddie Jackson, and then you're looking at Trey Cullen, James Daniels, Paul Nichols. I mean, they're, these guys aren't first-round picks, and Ryan Pace has found them and put them in positions to succeed on the team. So if they end up trading Jordan Howard and they go after a running back, I have a lot of faith that Ryan Pace will make a good selection, will get the Bears – the type of player that fits Matt Nagy's offense and well, therefore enable them to potentially spend more money on a defensive player because of the fact that they'll be getting a young player on a cost control contract that's not going to hurt a lot of cap space. Oh, I, I agree with you on that. And the, uh, But if they do in turn, say they go after a Le'Veon Bell or a running back that's going to cost you a little bit more, uh, they could also do the same thing, turn around and find a, a, a corner in the in the because that's their secondary is what they're going to have to go go after to help. Right. That's what they're going to go after to help because you're losing Bryce Callahan and you're losing uh, a- Amos. Because right. uh, Amos, he's gone. It's just going to cost too much money to keep him. And Callahan, you can't rely on. The guy has not been has not had a healthy season. While he's out there, he is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. But right. nickelbacks are a dime a dozen. Yeah, there's, there's guys all over the place that can fill in that wall. Yeah. I agree with you. And, I don't think it's like a number one on there. Well, no, but it's, it's, high, it's high up there. It's high up there. Nick, finding a nickelback is definitely high up there on them. I think it's going to go, you know, figuring out what they want to do with running back first and then figuring out what they're going to do with cornerback. I think that's, yeah. that's, that's the route they're going to go because that their running game wasn't fantastic, although, you know, it was – they still made it work. But, you're, I mean, it was a lot of Mitch Trubisky running that helped that running game. Right. So, no, and you that. can't have him doing that as much as he did, even though it was fantastic. So I feel like they're going to go running back by committee, though. I don't think they're going to go after a feature back because if you got Le'Veon Bell, he'd have to be your feature back, and then you have to, and then Cohen, have to and, and Cohen will be a limited role, or you put him out in the slot. I mean, that's the best nope. I could do it. You, you, you put him out nope. in the slot. That, that, I'm just saying that's nope. that's that's what that's your option. That's it because nope. you're not going to sit there and be like, well, Le'Veon, you're splitting time with Tariq. So I feel like. The, my my thing is, I feel like they'll spend on defense, and if they do get, I mean, you can go after a CJ Anderson. That that'll cost you three million. Yeah. That won't be bad. Yeah, uh, Carlos Hyde just got released as well. So uh, the, the, some somebody that can you need somebody that can do it all. That can catch and run. I, the the thing is, is you got to have somebody big enough to run through the tackles, but can catch right. the ball. Right. Anyway. I agree with that. 
and that's what and that's what they need to look at. And this this year's draft is going to be very deep for running back, but it's not mm-hmm. not fantastic yeah, no, at running back. Yeah, there's no high end. There's no sequoia. These these are all these are all low ceiling. These are all low ceiling high floor guys. But that's what they are. There's there's no elite elite running back in this class, so I think they can find value. I think Ryan Pace will be able to find value late if he opts for a running back, you know, with the you know third fourth rounder or whatever they could if if Jordan Howard is moved or whatever they would get in return for him. No, I completely agree. I'm I'm okay with I'm okay with the the game plan right now. I think that they've they've got it firmly in place. It's nice to see a franchise in the city actually know what they're doing and have a general direction. I think and, uh, this is the year they have to. This is the year they have to push for the Super Bowl, though. After, I think so too. After what you yeah. after what you saw last year and how dominant you were, and yeah, it was a very upsetting loss. Your addressing kicker, I mean, Chris blew it, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but what you know, you're you're addressing your kicker issue, and hopefully, blew it's fine, and it, it, it's all fine and dandy. They finally admitted they're releasing Cody Parkey. It's it's so it's it's all said and done. With 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 that, and I know that was every meatball fan's main thing. Oh, what are we gonna do about our kicker? Well, you don't worry about your kicker. You find a guy who can kick the damn ball. That's what you do with your kicker. Cody Parkey couldn't yeah. kick the damn ball. Plain and simple. I mean, I could I could definitely see them you know, taking a flyer on, on the UDFA kicker as well. Um, of course, I don't. Or or not even not even KG. undrafted. You can find a veteran kicker that that just doesn't have a team. You could there there's lot there's lots of routes they can go with kicker. Their main concern needs to be what are you going to do with that secondary running back position or that your one A running back position? I guess you'd say because Tariq Cohen's not your one A. He's your he's your one B no. guy. So what are you going to do right. with your one A guy? And what are you going to do about your about your backfield? Yeah, your, I think they can find a, your a secondary. What are you going to do about your secondary? Yeah. That's what's that that's that's the two main main goals. Of the Bears this offseason, finding our 1A running back, solidifying our secondary. Yeah, I, I wouldn't uh, disagree with that assessment because I think that those are the areas where, you know, there's not, it's, it's crazy. And that's, that's ago, where you don't hear really fans talking the about. Bears really have like two slots where they need to fill positions in. I mean, they, Again, Ryan Pace is—I don't think he gets enough credit for the job that he's done. Oh no, he's I, fantastic! I, I think they—they they also will uh, address something on the offensive line as well. Yeah, I, I, well, I mean, you know, uh, just, if James, just, if just Daniels, you know, continues his progression, and you, know, you have Eric Cush that's back there as well. I mean, you know, obviously Kyle Long has sign that extension as well. It's so your, it's your, it, but Kyle's injury, he's injury prone. He's been, he's it's, been your, it's the tackles I'm worried about on both sides. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not a huge Bobby Massey fan. I think, not, I not think they all. need to address something with Bobby Massey. And I think <clears> you need to, you need an insurance policy for Kyle Long. And, uh, yeah. It's plain and simple because you can't play the shuffle mix and match game that they've been playing the last couple of years. It just doesn't work. I mean, the reason Mitch Trubisky was running so much is because that offensive line was collapsing. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I think the interior line is pretty good. I, I think that they've got plenty of bodies. The outside is it's your tackles. I mean, it's plain and simple. They have to they have to address the issue with tackle, and and that but that is your minor minor option. That, that's your that's yeah. your last thing you address. That's not your that's not your you know main priority. Your main like we, and so, unless they develop the tackle, they're not going to get an elite one of the draft from where they're picking. So no, so it, they're going to have to be creative with. The offensive line. Of course. Of course. 
So I, I'm, but all in all, I feel like the Bears are in a very solid position going yeah. into the twenty. I would say they're 20, probably in the, best, in the best position in the division. Exactly. I can't see any other. I can't see other, any other team that has as minimal issues on their roster. I mean, it's still early, and we're going to start seeing trades and free agency happen as well with uh, with the other teams in the division. But as of today, the Bears are the best shape. Yep. Definitely agree with that one. All right. Well, that's all we got to the time for you today. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this. As always, I'm Chris Dickens. And I'm Mike Trent. And this is the Editor's Podcast. <laughs>